Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we've decided to take what has become a pretty robust discussion on our discussion forum, and we're going to turn that topic into a podcast. So we're talking about a thread that was comparing... Uh, service estimates to reality, because sometimes there can be surprises, and it's been a really interesting thread to hear different perspectives on why that happens uh, when you get a surprise in the yard, and how you can be prepared for that or avoid it in the first place. So my guest today is Brian Donovan. Brian is the owner of Shady Harbor Marina, and he has a great perspective on this because he is both a marina owner and he's a very active, long-distance cruiser who actually is coming to us this morning from his boat because he's on his way between New York and, and spending the winter in Florida. So we'll bring Brian in in just a minute. I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage all of you who are listening to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And another business that supports the Great Loop is Donovan's Shady Harbor. They've been a long-term sponsor of AGLCA as well. So I'd like to welcome Brian Donovan to Great Loop Radio. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me. This is kind of exciting. Yeah, it, and it is a, an interesting topic, as I said in the intro. Um, and you certainly bring a good perspective because you fit to both sides of the equation here. So start off, just tell us a little bit about um, your marina and your boating experience. Well, my boating experience goes back to when I was two years old up on one of the lakes in the Adirondacks. And I've been around boats pretty much my whole life. Growing from a little wooden rowboat on up to, um, we currently own a 75-foot Hatteras, 2002. Um, it's bigger than we need, but I stumbled upon it, and I like the project. Yeah, and you, well, you've That'll got one of your, to, uh, uh, you've got an empty nest, but you've got one of them back with you cruising for now, so that's fun, too. So having the big uh, boat is helpful. Yeah, I got somebody <laughs> to wash the boat. Exactly. <laughs> So, and you're uh, currently uh, coming to us. You have already arrived in Florida, correct? Yeah, I'm in Florida by about a half a mile. We're down in Fernandina Beach and to St. Augustine tonight. Yeah, um, so you're living the lifestyle and, and um, kind of doing both things because you're running the marina in the warmer months and taking the boat to Florida in the colder months. So um, because we are talking today about um, working with a yard on your boat, um, just tell us a little bit about the yard at uh, Shady Harbor and, and what goes on there. Shady Harbor, um, as many loopers know, and many loopers will find out, hopefully, is a stop along the Hudson River before you get into the canal system. And um, we're not a deep-dive service yard like some of the ones that I use when I need work done on my boat. We're a general maintenance kind of yard. We do oil changes. We fix batteries. Um, people come in with problems. We solve them. And really, you know, one of the root causes of this thread and, and anybody who has service issues is a service yard who bites off more than they can chew in their effort to please the customer. Um, so we don't, we learned not to do that. We learned to say no, or we learned to find the right resource for people. And you got to be able to say that's great, but we're not capable of doing that, but I know a guy who is. 
So I have a pretty good Rolodex of talent. And it gets hard in upstate New York because it is a seasonal business. So I don't have, no boater has 10 yards that they can go to. You know, there's, there's a, a few guys up and down the river system, and we all work together to keep the boats happy. Okay. Um, so we're not going to tear your motor apart and rebuild it. We're not going to change motors. Well, we do change motors out. But um, for the most part, you know, we're a general maintenance yard. Okay. the best way to describe us. And you hold one Problem heck of a pig stuff. roast. <laughs> the pig What's roast that? Is, and you hold one heck of a pig roast, too, <laughs> for loopers every yes, year on their do. way through. <laughs> Always we a have, highlight. Uh, we have a party every month we're open for the boaters, and uh, generally it breeds a good time. Everybody seems to have a fun. The music's good. This year, obviously, was a little different. Um, somehow we got through it. We survived so we could live another year. But it was a very difficult year, to say the least. Awesome. Well, we also operate our restaurant. My wife runs the restaurant on, on the property, and um, it was challenging, to say the least. To say the least, for sure. But um, nobody got sick on my watch. That's you know probably that's good to hear. the biggest thing I'm proud of this year. What's that? that? That's good to hear. Yeah, I'm glad glad to hear everybody's yeah. well there at, at Shady Harbor. So, yep. what we're kind of talking about is the fact that it, it's pretty hard, particularly for a newer boater, to not be taken aback when they bring a boat into the yard and are expecting one thing and it turns into quite another. Um, and just like any business, there may be a few bad apples, but for the most part, when the costs start to escalate, um, it, it's not a matter of the yard being dishonest or trying to cheat you. It's just a matter of, and maybe that's a question for you to answer, you know, what are some of the reasons that the service estimates can sometimes differ from what becomes the reality when the repair is finished? Well, both aren't a 2012 Chevrolet. You know, there's not 4 million of them out there that are all built the same exact way. Every boat, I've never seen the same boat exactly the same. You get models of boats, a main ship 430 or something, and they're very similar. But if they're more than a few years old, they all have fingerprints from their previous owners. One guy is the smarter way to do this. He's got, he's got um, extra batteries. He's got you know, solar panels, he changed the motors out, he put a bigger, whatever happens, uh, very few boats are identical. Um, and you really don't know the boat until you see the boat and you get into the boat. Um, and, you know, when we're brokering a boat, every every boat I've ever sold, the guy says, oh, it's in great shape. You know, it's ready to go. Well, guess what? It's not. Um, everybody loves their boat. Not everybody takes care of them the same. And you don't really know until you dig into it. Now you add the corrosion of seawater. And, you know, and a good example, we did a boat this year. Um, it was a broker boat and a customer came along. And in the survey, the outdrives, they had mercury outdrives. They needed to be serviced. And the, the guy wasn't going to buy the boat unless the outdrives were serviced. So we put together an estimate of, I think it was $2,000 aside to completely go through them well my mechanic one drive came right off the boat the other drive he spent 12 hours just to take the drive off the boat which normally is a 45 minute job the reason being the man owned the boat for 15 years and he never did any service to these drives never had them off once so 
you know, there's a perfect example of it. You don't know till you dig in. But that's when you take pictures, you call the guy, we made the owner come down, and he actually stayed there with the mechanic for 10 of those 12 hours. So he understood that we have an issue here. And long story short, that $4,000 bill became an $8,000 bill because he needed to buy new parts, new housing. Everything was, when you took the thing apart, the gimbal bearings were bad. This was bad. Everything was bad. Um, so preventive maintenance is the best money you can spend, without a doubt. And that that's a perfect example of the guy ignored it. So all that money he would have spent every year, he spent all in one shot. Yeah, and that's a great and example. What's that? that? That's a great example. I mean, that that's definitely something... Um, yeah that is, is understandable how the costs can escalate. Um, right. So at the same time, though, it's, it's, I can see how a boater um, who was, wasn't expecting that, you know, maybe hasn't, is, is not a, um, a broker situation where they're purchasing a boat, um, you know, but somebody right. who's owned a boat for a little while feels like they've kept up with their maintenance um, and brings it into the yard for one thing, which then escalates, like you said, through no one's fault necessarily. Yep. Um, but it's certainly hard for that boater not to feel a bit in some circumstances like they're being held hostage because now the boat's in pieces. They can't really take it to another yard. Um, so there's kind of no choice but to drop that additional money that it's now going to cost. And that's really just kind of part of boating. But yeah. give us some suggestions because you kind of said early in the thread that what can really help the situations is communication from both sides. And, and since you have played both roles in this, um, you know, give us some examples of, of how, t how, you know, that $4,000 job that becomes 8,000, how can the owner know what to expect and how can the yards perhaps communicate what's going on in such a way that it doesn't lead to these bad feelings that, oh my gosh, my cost just doubled. Is this, you know, correct? Am I being scammed? What's happening? Um, how can you kind of fix that so it's not such a um, argumentative situation as the two parties are going into it? Uh, oh God! You know, as a, okay, I'm going to put my boater hat on now. Mm -hmm. Last just last week, um, we left our boat for a month in North Carolina at probably one of the most reputable yards in the country, and these, and I go back there because not because they're cheap; they're very expensive. My estimate was $12,000 to get everything done that I wanted to do. Guess what? The bill was 20000 when I was done. Um, and they weren't very good at communicating it to me. So I was a little taken aback. But then I spent time with the project manager. We went through everything that they did. And I understood. Um, would I have been happier if he's calling me? And everybody gets busy. It's hard to do. But Shady Harbor, everybody has a phone. Take pictures email them to the owner, communicate the issues as they come up in real time, just makes everybody feel better. And, you know, and we'll walk away from a repair rather than do it wrong. And to do it right, it costs money. And, and a lot of times, especially on these older boats, you don't know until you dig into it. You know, change that alternator. Well, there's three compressors and a generator in the way to get to the alternator on the engine. Every boat is different. You don't know until you get in it. And that's why, you know, when I posted a thread when this thing was new, it was all about communication. And communication is a two-way street. And I think everybody knows it's become a lost art in today's world. P 
people, you know, they don't have time to communicate. We can throw a text out there and, and say we communicated. Or it's better to pick up the phone, send pictures, pick up the phone and talk about it. Then there's no surprises. It's, it's really simple. Yeah, and, and certainly... But so difficult. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, so if yep. you went in and had a $12,000 quote and then were handed a bill at the end of the job for twenty, not expecting, and I can, can certainly see where that, you know, would cause you to be taken aback a little bit. Um, and and yeah. certainly it's nice if the yard is communicating throughout the process as costs are escalating. One of the suggestions yeah. that came out of the thread was to ask for a quote on a full diagnosis. Um, you know, so what's it going to take to get me to the real quote? Um, is that something right. that, that's possible? And if so, is it only possible for s some jobs? You know, you, you can't always know everything until you really dig into the job. That's exactly right. And um, the diagnosis is key. And, and you know, prior to owning a marina, we owned a service business. We had 100 service technicians all over the East Coast. So this isn't anything new, because fixing something is fixing something. Um, but boats are different, because like I said earlier, everyone is different. Um, as far as, you know, to get a more accurate quote and to do a complete diagnosis ahead of time, well, guess what that takes? That takes time. Um, and what boat owner wants to get a bill for diagnosing a problem or for giving an estimate, you know, but if you're taking two hours on a boat, guess what? That's two hours. You can't charge to another customer. Right. And in our situation, we have one mechanic with one helper and then we get the bodies we need, but those guys are very busy. And the only thing I have to sell is that man's time. So if he spends all his time just quoting people, you know, and you need to give people quotes, don't get me wrong. But to, to dig into that kind of diagnosis, there's yards out there that will charge for an estimate. You know, we're going to charge you $300 because it took three hours of our time. If you end up doing the work with us, then we'll give you a credit back or we'll figure it out. Um, but that's a difficult thing to do. Unless the boat's in front of you. That's why the boat needs to be in front of you. The owner needs to be in front of you. And you need to do it together. That's really the ultimate way. Yeah. So I want to take now a break. You have different, yep, oh, go ahead. I think you have different owners. Some owners, and, you know, and I'll use the loopers, not disparaging them anyway because I love them, but a lot of people, it's a wonderful trip. It's a wonderful thing, but they never owned a boat before in their lives, and they're going to buy a boat, and they're going to take off. Well, they have a lot to learn, and uh, and they learn along the way, and you can probably say nobody's ever been hurt from learning how to the boat, but they need to understand their boat first and foremost and they also need to understand how it works and they and they don't have an understanding of either when they start these trips and that, so that's hopefully a great they point. learn without any pain yeah no that, that's a great point and I, I hear that you know a lot um and kind of the counter to that is well everybody has their first boat at some point <laughs> um oh, you know, yeah. everybody's got that learning curve so one suggestion that actually came up in the thread um was that you sh really should consider owning the boat and cruising on a, a shorter basis, a local basis, for a couple of years to get to know the boat before you take off on the loop. Now, again, the counter to that is, well, I can do day trips every weekend, 
um, or I could do a series of day trips on the loop and I'm having that same learning curve. But I think the difference is if you're doing those locally and you're doing maintenance as it happens, you're becoming familiar with the yard. Um, whereas if you're already on the loop, you don't necessarily have a trusted yard where you happen to be. So, you know, what's right. your thought on that, Brian? How helpful is it to get to know the boat while you have the same yard also getting to know the boat if you're cruising locally? There's, there's, um, there's some good credence to that. Um, but I'm going to quote Captain Ron and say, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. <laughs> so get in the boat and go. Um, but when you buy a boat, I tell everybody I sell a boat to change your hoses, change your fluids, change your belts, change your zinc, change everything. So you know, it's new and you know how to do it. Um, some boat owners don't ever want to go in their engine room and they want to pay somebody the whole time. Well, they're going to have a learning curve and they're, you know, they're going to be more susceptible to, I'm not going to say fraud, but misunderstanding of what happened to their boat. Um, so, yes, you should get to know your boat. Um, and you can do it by, you know, I see people that take years getting comfortable with their boat, and that's fine. Um, but sooner or later, you're going to push off and you're going to go somewhere and you're going to find yourself in a, in a strange yard. And it goes back to people, relationships, and communications. Yep, absolutely. Like I was saying, if you, if you come in like a hothead, you're going to get treated like a hothead. If you come in as a gentleman or a lady and you have adult conversations, you're going to have a better experience right out of the gate. And if you're not, then maybe you are in the wrong yard. Yeah, That's such a great so, life lesson, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just it, apply listen, to working with the life. yard. <laughs> boating um, is life, you know, and it's a great yep, life. Um, it absolutely is. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of the heart. Um, you, I see people all the time. I'll give you another example. We had this young man, late 20s, this fall. He showed up. He was the last boat out of the Erie Canal, I think. And he showed up on our docks. And if you could have seen this boat, it looked like one giant piece of resin fiberglass because he was rebuilding this thing. Um, crap everywhere. Just disgusting. This boat should have been in a, in a dump. In a, you know, it shouldn't have been on the water. And he hung out. He may still be anchored out behind the island in front of our marina because we had to, eventually we just had to say, you got to go. You're going to freeze. You're going to die up here. And this kid never owned a boat in his life, and he's going to Florida. Wow. He's going to live on his boat in the Keys. And he, and I told him, I said, I hope we have a drink in a, in a tiki bar in the Keys. That means you made it. I said, but you got to get going. And, and he left our dock and he went around the island and he anchored out and then he comes back and forth to pick up his packages at our shop. <laughs> now our shop is completely closed. I don't know what he's doing. Wow. Nice young man doesn't have a clue about what he fit, it, fit into. And, you know, right down to changing the alternator, it was a four day project because, oh, this size doesn't fit. This one's the bolt pattern. Oh, I need a different pulley. Well, these are all the same things that happens to a mechanic because it's a bolt. But they're more in tune to do it. This kid was learning along the way. Yeah. And he will be an expert in a year if he survives. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Well, hopefully um, he will. Hopefully he's moving towards warmer weather at this point. I bet he's not. I bet he's still <laughs> anchored out behind that island. And he's going to have a foot of snow. And you want to talk about danger. I mean, just the amount of junk he had on his boat. 
his decks are going to get cleared the first time he goes in the in the ocean. He's running the motors with the with the hatches open because they overheat. And um, the first time he hits some real waves, everything's just going to be a mess. Yeah. And um, and he, I can tell him that, but I'm blue in the face. He's got he's the type of kid that's going to have to just experience it. Yep. And that's what's going to happen. So. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. I forgot where that came from. Exactly. So I'm going to take a break oh. here. Um, we're going to play a message from a sponsor. When we come back, I want to touch on a few of the other uh, suggestions that came out of the forum thread on what you can do to kind of avoid some of those surprises. So we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by both the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob? Use them to plan your Great Loop cruise and learn about the places you can visit. In the cockpit, important navigation info is always ready at your side, plus marina listings, anchorages, services, and so much more. Each Skipper Bob and Waterway Guide is updated yearly, and waterwayguide.com and skipperbob.net keep you current with navigation alerts, cruising news, fuel prices, and special deals. With the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob at the helm, you'll always be on course. Order yours today at the AGLCA ship store at greatloop.org. Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob are proud sponsors at the Admiral level with AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Brian Donovan of Donovan's Shady Harbor Marina, who is an AGLCA sponsor. He's also a long-distance cruiser on his Hatteras, um, coming to us today from Fernandina Beach. Um, And we are talking about how to avoid surprises when dealing with a yard. So, Brian, a couple of of suggestions that kind of came from our forum thread on this topic. One was to kind of stay on the boat, uh, be around, you know, kind of supervise while the work is being done. Um, Is that helpful in your experience? It's, um, if done properly, it's critical. Me and my wife were just talking about this. The only time it seems to go right is when you're there. But. There's a caveat to that. You can become a real thorn in the people's side and actually inhibit their productivity depending on how you are interacting with them. Yes, you should be there when you're having major work done. It's hard because your boat's on the hard. Where do you sleep? A lot of yards won't let you stay on your boat. That's either a hotel room or you live nearby. Um, but, yeah, it's tremendously helpful if you can stick around and, and really work as a team with the people you're paying to make your bill as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say yes, that's a good thing. Helpful when possible, but yeah, certainly for loopers, not always possible because um, they're right. often not where they live. Um, you know, the boat is being serviced somewhere along the loop. Yeah. Um, how about the suggestion to keep your own time card of when the technician is actually working on your boat? You know, to me, that that kind of crosses into a little bit of lack of trust, which is really important with the yard you're working with. Um, you know, but is that important? Do the time cards sometimes, you know, perhaps through completely inadvertent errors, are they sometimes wrong? And is, is it valuable for you to be tracking the time spent on your boat? Yeah, it is, but it is, it's a sensitive, I'll say political, not political, but it's a sensitive issue. Um, because yeah, you're calling somebody out and basically calling them a liar. And if you do that in the wrong way, well, now you now you have a confrontational relationship, and no good ever comes from that. Uh, I'll give you again what my personal experience just last week, right after I got done with the twenty thousand dollars boat repairs, 
now we move on to the motors and I have very large Caterpillar engines and they needed a thousand hour service, which I got an estimate of $17,000 to do this service. And, um, I get my bill finally when I begged for it and it was actually $300 less than the estimate. So I'm like, well, this is great. You know, because I when my previous business, I always tried to overestimate, overpromise, or underpromise and overdeliver. So we would always try to make the estimates higher and the bills lower, and that always leaves people in a better taste. Yeah, in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so this particular situation, I, I put a new security system because the boats in the Carolinas. I'm up north in New York. How can I possibly keep track of what's going on? Well, I, I have a new security system on the boat. So every time a door opens or a hatch opens, I know it. So I was able to keep track, and these guys spent didn't spend nearly the amount of time that they should have to do all the things on the estimate and and the service. And sure enough, they didn't. I mean, right now too, they didn't change the impellers on the motor, which my impellers caught just the impeller for these engines are six hundred dollars a piece, and there's two of them. So I had a extra set on the boat i said well, i'll use these and if the ones that come out i know they're not bad but they're five years old so they need to be changed well they never changed them and that also reflects in the amount of time the door drove so i got half the work done that the estimate had but the est- the bill was less than the estimate but it's only because i got back to the boat early and the young kid was still finishing up his oil change and he went he spent the time and went through everything they did to the motors and I said, what about this? What about that? What about this? No, we didn't touch that. So now I get a bill from his boss. So we're in a discussion right now. And I was, you know, very politely, I brought up the fact, I go, I made an appointment with you six months ago so that you would have all the time in the world. And you weren't on the boat for a full week. And then you call and say, well, you need this. And it's going to be seven days to get it rebuilt. Well, there's no time to do that because I'm coming back. So I'll have to deal with that at a later date. It's not a, you know, it's not a life-threatening thing. So keeping your own time card, yes, it makes you feel better. Um, how you deliver that is going to really indicate how helpful it was or wasn't. I guess would be the best way to put it. That makes sense. It it completely makes sense. And kind of a follow up question to this story that you just shared, Um, because at first you were very happy that the the final bill was less than the quote. But then you found out that half the work hadn't been done. So you obviously know your boat. Um, You obviously know where the reputable yards are. Um, So people hear stories like that, and it's hard to it's hard to not think that that yard was operating dishonestly in some way. Is it just, you know, poor management? Like, I, I, I hate to criticize a yard, and there were some, you know, some points in the thread that it's way too easy to criticize these yards when you don't know what's going on or don't understand the boat. Explain it to me, because <laughs> I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, in, in most places, how do we avoid that? You know, that's something that's really a little bit hard to swallow is that it was pretty close to what the actual quote was, a little bit less, but not all the work was done. Well, you know, I'm fortunate again, going back to my history, I ran a service department for 30 years and I sympathize and understand the challenges, especially a mobile emergency service business. So you can have the best laid plans for a day by 830 in the morning, that plan is completely shot and you have to reevaluate 
And I firmly believe these people didn't do anything malicious um, or intentional, but they got real busy and they lost a couple of technicians to guess what? COVID. So now they're, they're, they're crunching. They're trying to get it all done. They're trying to make everybody happy. And my bill, the way this company works is generated off the estimate. So if the technician doesn't, communicate the right things back to the office there's a guy in the office who's just generating the bill based on what we were quoted and they're okay with that and and they make a lot of money because of it but when i sat the guy down and i i pointed out here are the things that concern me and i sent a very detailed email you know with number one number two number three number four and then you send it to him you let him digest it for a couple hours and then you call him and you have an adult conversation which is what we're in the middle of doing right now. And and he, he was completely flabbergasted that I ever have this concern because these people are known to be some of the best in the industry. It's not what they do, and I know that. I've used them for years. So, yeah. No, thank you for explaining like, okay. that because that makes sense. And I, you know, I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that the vast majority of people are honest and hardworking and are not trying to scam you. But then you hear stories yeah. like that and, and you wonder, but that explanation makes perfect sense because I think we've all been guilty of getting super busy and, you know, perhaps leaving out a detail. Um, so yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense how that could happen. And, and, um, you know, yeah. sounds like the yard is working on doing the right thing and getting it straightened out for you. So I appreciate yeah, am, that explanation. Am I irritated because I made an appointment six months ago to avoid this? Yes, it happens. Um, and that's really, and listen, there's there's been gypsies and thieves since the beginning of time, and that's not going to change. Um, but for the most part, everybody is looking out for you, and they want to keep you moving and help you any way they can. Yeah, and, and I won't even get into my propeller story. That's a whole <laughs> other one. And you know, boating, <laughs> has, anyway. boating has been. Um, you know, an industry that has become super busy during COVID. While a lot of things have slowed down substantially, boating is a great way to social distance. So um, I've heard it from so oh, yeah. many marine businesses that they are just busier than they've ever been. And at the same time, as you just mentioned, perhaps have people out due to COVID. Um, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. certainly an interesting time in the marine industry as a whole. Um, and listen, I sold more boats this year. We're not... We're boat brokers, but it's not what we do, per se. Mm -hmm. uh, we take care of our customers very well. This year, I sold more boats for more money than I ever have in my life. And people are buying stuff and paying. They shouldn't pay what they're paying for these things. But they are. And, yeah. You know, the market the market sets the price. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a very strong shortage of inventory out there. Yep, definitely a seller's market years, right now. <laughs> in, in a couple of years? I bet there's going to be a lot of bargains to be had. So. Mm -hmm. so we're just about out of time, but a couple of, you know, I think still pretty important questions. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, so if you're kind of forced into a situation, you know, you're out on the loop, you need something done, you have to use an unfamiliar yard. What are some of your suggestions on how to be sure you're choosing one that is reputable? Um. The whole world works on reviews nowadays. Um, do your homework. Do Read the reviews of these. You know, read through them because people people leave bad reviews. that shouldn't be bad, but that pretty much comes true. So reviews are one way. The loop, 
the Loop Association is fabulous between the forum and all the private conversations. Talk to your fellow boaters. You know, we've all had these. If you're a serious boater who still loves boating after five years, it means you've probably paid more than you should. You've probably done things you shouldn't have. And everybody has a life full of experiences. So talk to people. And, you know, get reviews. Get Just talk to people. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Yep, and the forum is. Yep, the forum is a great place to ask that if you need, you know, work done in a specific area. We see those questions a lot, and there's usually some great recommendations. Um, The Harbor Host Network as well. There's, I think, almost 400 Harbor Hosts now around the country, Um, so they have some local knowledge for you. So definitely use those resources. Yep, and listen, everybody's welcome. My phone number is out there for the world to call me. I'll give you my two cents for what it's worth. probably two cents but anyway um and uh yeah and you're gonna get caught it's gonna happen to you and hopefully you you learn a lot of it is just luck um you know i broke down here thank i can't tell you how many times i read thank god i broke down at this yard because they took such good care of me and then there's other ones oh my god i I got dragged through a nightmare and Yep, and, and that, that's the beauty of asking, you know. The work communication. Yep, because if you ask on the forum, you're likely to get some recommendations for who to use, and you're likely to also get some suggestions on who not to use. So um, it's right. a great resource. Um, another question that I, I think is just really important is, as you've stressed, you need to know your boat. That came through loud and clear in several of the commenters in the forum thread. Um, so what's what's the best way to do that? You know, if if you have a new boat new to you that you're going out on the loop, what's the best way to learn about the boat if you're new to boating and and where do you start? With what I said, anytime you buy a used boat, you don't I don't care what you're told, you have to assume that the thing was not maintained, it was not taken care of. Change your fluids, change your belts, change your hoses. It'll get you in your engine room. You'll see what's hard to get to. You know, I joke. I'm a big guy. I had to buy a boat I fit in um, so I can get around the engines. <laughs> I can get here and there. Um, and that's really important. Um, you know, look at the layout of the boat. My first big boat was a 1992 Sea Ray, Sedan Bridge. And they built, Sea Ray built that boat as if nothing was ever going to break. And we all know that's just not going to happen. So it came down, okay. I have to replace the hydraulic cylinder on the swim platform. Guess what? I got to cut a, a, a six-inch hole in my fiberglass to get to it. Ouch. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I had to cut that boat open to fix things because it's, what, 18 years old, 20 years old. It's at the end of its usable life, and it needs to be upgraded and fixed. But Siri built the boat like they didn't care. You know, it's where it fit. They were building... Boats are either built for comfort or they're built for practicality, and everyone is a variation of it. So, you know, when you're buying a boat, look at how easy. I just had a customer. We flew all the way to Florida to buy a boat, and he didn't like where the Raycor uh, fuel filters were located because you couldn't get to them. So he didn't buy the boat. He mm-hmm. wants those. He wants his stuff accessible and easy to get to, and he's not wrong. Um, but as far as getting to know your boat, there's only one way lift up the hatch and get down in there. And, you know, when you first buy it, to change all the fluids, to do it yourself, then that's how you start learning your boat. And really, how do you learn your boat? I'm still learning this boat. I've owned it six years. 
I had my first bilge pump go last night. And now I'm pumping water from one bilge to another where the bilge pump is still working until I can fix it. Mm-hmm. But I also figured out I had a leak. So now i got to go find that. <laughs> All right. Well, the great and information. It never ends. It, it but, never ends, and that's part but, of boating. So, um, yeah. yeah. And if, if you're not willing to accept that, then um, I'd say buy an RV. But from what I understand, they break just as much as boats do. <laughs> yep. Same problems, just different different mode of transportation. Yeah. So, um Right. All right. Well, Brian Donovan, Shady Harbor Marina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your long-term sponsorship of AGLCA. And thank you for the pig roast every year that you welcome loopers to. Um, we love to chat with yep. you again soon. Second Sunday in June every year. All right. Everybody head that way in, in June. So um, thank you again to thank our listeners. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.